Masters. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about the good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Not going to see a lot of sunshine all week. It's going to be uh, kind of gloomy and cloudy. Occasional rain sort of on and off all throughout the week, uh, starting today and continuing all through uh, through into the weekend. Uh, might get to up to around 40 today, high 30s at least, but in the mid-40s for the rest of the week. Right now, I haven't seen the temperature change at all. Have you changed anything? It hasn't changed, Howard, and keep your uh, fingers crossed. You know what Friday is. Friday is? Groundhog Day, one oh. of my favorite days of the year. Now, let me ask you this. Since you picked the bumper music, will we just pick one bumper song and play it just over and over? Over and over <laughs> and over. Actually, what's the song What's the song they played in Groundhog Day? I've never seen the movie, so you've I can't. Never watched, no, I've never, never watched the movie? movie. No, I haven't. There's a song. Every morning, he wakes up to the radio, and they play the same song all the time. I'll check that out. Maybe that's what we'll play from. Over and over. (laughs) And over some more. (laughs) And over again. You like Groundhog Day. I do. It it makes me feel spring. You know, we're into February. February is a short month. Uh, We had an 80-degree weather day last year in February. It sparks me. Now, yeah, I know. We might get dumped uh, with a blizzard. We might have a couple feet of snow. I understand. But I'm still thinking spring. Well, I'm looked. It feels like spring right now. It feels like the wet side of spring, but we we're we're kind of in spring-like weather the last several days. After we had the big snowstorm a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, whenever that was, now we're in the mood for, uh, you know, for uh, for spring-like. Feels feels like spring outside. And uh, you know, I, I love it when it goes fast. I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy all the seasons. Probably like most, winter is my least favorite, but it's it's been fun. You know, last week, last couple of weeks, you know, watching are we going to be able to make it in? How much snow are we going to get? But after February, uh, I'm ready to think spring. Winter is my favorite season for about two days. You had enough. It, you know, it's it's when, when the day like the big snow day we had. When we actually had a snow day. <laughs> off work that that's winter i'm having yes sir i love the winter and now i'm done with it um spring could go on forever as far as i'm concerned i love springtime and summer used to be my favorite season although these days you never know what you're getting in summertime either and you just you know it goes really fast here at the radio station or at least i think it does it just seemed like we were just in football season you know where you were just winding down now we're almost done with basketball and howard i, I didn't mention this and i should have what a great basketball weekend we had here on the Watchdog Radio Network. Uh, Wheeling Central boys and girls just getting it together right at the right time. Uh, the boys with a couple big wins this weekend. On Friday, they beat uh, St. Mary's. And then Saturday afternoon, Howard, they knocked off the number one team in the state in the double uh, A ranking. That, yeah. yeah, they beat uh, Charleston Catholic. So big, big things ahead here for Wheeling Central basketball, both girls and the boys. Do we have games this week? Uh, we do actually tomorrow. I think they they travel all the way to Parkersburg South. I believe that's right. Uh, Jerry Ames. I don't know if Ryan Storm will be making this trip with uh, with Jerry, but uh, that'll be a good one. 
Nine twelve in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. A little food talk. We haven't done food talk. Today. Let's do some food talk, Howard. Uh, Can you I, hear I, my stomach growl? I, I would rather not talk about it. I'd rather eat it. Uh, but uh, let's talk about it instead. Are you an Applebee's fan? You know what? I'm not. Uh, I've had some really good meals there, but they never. I never was a big fan of their menu. I think there was good service. Uh, they were they were the very first one up up at the Highlands uh, next to. Uh, uh, like Cabela's, but no, the answer is no, Howard. I'm not a fan. I I like Applebee's. I don't. They're not on my top list of places to go, but I I like you know occasionally. But apparently, it's a pretty big deal. I get stories that cross my desk from time to time, and I if we have a very busy news day, I set them aside and say, "Well, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. I'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it next week or whatever." And I've had a story on my desk about Applebee's for maybe a week, 10 days. Uh, Applebee's announced the release of a special promotion, their date night pass. One time cost $200, but you would get $30 worth of food and beverages every week at Applebee's. So it's $30 a week you would get for your $200 pass. And, of course, the idea of Applebee's is that way it's going to encourage you to come in. Um, if you're an Applebee's fan, you could do that. They call it the date night pass, so that's, you know, you take a date or whatever. And I've been meaning to – it's been sitting on my desk to talk about for a while. I thought, let's talk about that. I'll get to it one of these days. We've been so busy with the homeless camps and elections and so on. And then this weekend I saw that that, that promotion – Sold out in one minute. Sold, sold, sold. One minute after it hit the internet, it was gone. Gone. So I shouldn't have held the story for so. Actually, it wouldn't have held up from overnight to to the next morning when I brought it. So I shouldn't have held the story. The Applebee's, um, the Applebee's two hundred dollar date night pass broke the internet, and they sold out in sixty seconds. You know, you gave me a memory there about Applebee's, and I think it's right on, Howard. You know, I think, you know, I don't have anyone to date these days, but back when I did, I think it was a good place to go on a date because they offered you where you could mix and match. Yes. We could share this, and let's get this, and we can share this. I thought it was a great atmosphere for, for what you just described. And it was um, – it's a value to the meal. It's not wildly expensive. You know, it's it's not – Give you a little break. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I again, I, I do not dislike Applebee's at all. In fact, now I'm thinking maybe Applebee's for lunch today. <laughs> well, the one it? closed up on the hill. Where's the nearest one or at? <laughs> there is one over at the uh, Valley Mall. Uh, actually, at the um, uh, the other side. The uh, what do they call that? Not the mall. The um, the plaza. The plaza. Thank you. Help me. Thank you for helping me with that. Yeah, the Ohio Valley Plaza. Has but if one. you and I are going that far. It's hard for us to get past Red Lobster. Well, I know, yeah. And you have to pass Red Lobster to get to Applebee's. Uh, that ain't going to work, Howard. You're certainly sure. Anyways, it, it was just fascinating to me. Uh, first of all, just personally, because I was holding the story. It's been sitting here in my stack of stuff for over yeah, I'll get to Every day I, I skim through things. What am I going to talk about? Hey, well, I really don't have time for that today. I'll talk about it tomorrow. And then I saw last night... <laughs> They sold out. Sold, sold, sold out. In one, in one minute. Not a day, in a minute. $200 Applebee pass. What is, what do you look for, Bob Slider? Yes. When you decide what restaurant to go to. I mean, I, is it price? Is it the service? Is it the, the variety of the menu? Is, what, what, is, what are the things that, that you look for? i got a survey here. That's why I'm asking. 
I like days where I can think clearly on what exactly that I have a hankering for. Mm -hmm. And when I can zero it down to that, then I will try to zero it down to what works for me. And if time, you know, is an issue, then I have to take that into consideration. If it's not, like the, the two, two and a half hour lunches you and I go on, right. it's not a factor. But if you want to have so much time, I think you have to take that into consideration, Howard. Yeah, I think that's that's true. How how fast? Do they have what you want or something you like that you can get? How long am I going to be here? The uh, number one, and you probably wouldn't have thought of this, so I'm not expecting you to come up with it. The number one thing that people say they look for first in selecting what restaurant to go to is how clean is it? 44% of Americans say a clean restaurant is the number one they look for. A dirty restaurant is a deal breaker. A thousand customers and a thousand small business owners were all surveyed. And Bob, 44% say the number one thing they're looking for is cleanliness. The first thing they want to make sure it's not a dirty restaurant. I guess I'm just a slob, Howard. I guess that's not really high on my list. I, I, I can get by that, I guess. It, it's, it's not too bad. It's kind of the, 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 the final criteria. You know, like, okay, well, do you have the food I want? Is the price reasonable? Oh, okay. Are you, how, and then, then it's not a question. How dirty are you? you know? Do you bum out when they sit you down a little prematurely and the table is still yucky, Howard? I do. You don't want to sit down there, do you? I don't. Um, now, let me back up. If it's very, very busy and I recognize that it's busy and I just want a seat and well, we only, you know, we, I've got a table. They'll be here you. in a minute, yes. Then, then that's okay. But I hate it to sit down at a table when it hasn't been bust yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, 35% of the people surveyed care about the variety of the menu, which that's a big deal to me. Unless I have, like you said, unless I have a particular hankering for something, I want to know, do they offer a lot of things so I can pick something good? Well, that's where you and I are really different because you and I have lunch. We've had many lunches in our days together. I hardly ever look at the menu. I know before I yeah, walk in do. the door what I'm going to get. I don't even need the menu. Yeah, you, that's true. You do. Uh, 35% say the variety of the menu is what they look at. 33% affordability. Um, I, I don't pay that much attention to it. I mean, I guess I'm not going to go to a, you know, $200 steak night restaurant, but in the range of general restaurants, you know, whether franchises or local, if I'm going to go out to eat, I'm going to pay, you know, unless I'm on a short budget. We talk about it all the time, Howard. We, we pretty much know if it's a one of us, 20 bucks, two of us, right around 40 bucks. It has been amazing. You and I have talked about this. I don't care what restaurant you go to or what meals we choose. Whether we add some sides or whatever, it seems like invariably for lunch here in the Ohio Valley, um, again, unless you're going maybe to a fast food place, I'm talking about a restaurant, you're going to spend twenty dollars per person, forty dollars to, to you know for two people. It's just and it comes out almost to the penny every time. Anyway, uh, cleanliness is the number one thing in this survey that people care about. They don't want to be in a dirty restaurant. Variety, affordability come in next. So I just thought you might find that interesting. All right, let's see what's happening in the homeless situation. That's coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Mark Phillips is going to join us to bring us up to speed on how these conversations and discussions about managed camps, exempt camps, any camps. We'll find out what's happening next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good morning, winter weather. HP Excavating and Septic Cleaning has been serving the Ohio Valley for 48 years, offering septic, plumbing, repair, insulation, and excavation work. 
Don't let just any company work on your septic system. Call us today at 304-242-7443. Our number one business is your number two. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. If you're looking for an affordable hotel with comfortable accommodations and a friendly staff, Make sure to book your stay at Sleep In and Suites in Moundsville. It's a non-smoking hotel with an experience that is comfortable and soothing. With no shortage of comfy, floppy pillows on a cozy bed, you're sure to have a great night's sleep. They also offer complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi. They have tons of amenities, and they're located in the heart of Moundsville. Book a room now at sleepinmoundsville.com. I was the first in my family to go to college. I was looking to switch careers. I wanted the highest quality, but most affordable option for a degree. No matter where you are in life, West Virginia Northern Community College can make your dream of a college degree a reality. With over half of our students being first-generation college students and free tuition for many programs, Northern is the right choice for you. I can go to college. West Virginia Northern Community College. You belong. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Just another manic Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's my fun day. I don't have to run day. Manic Monday here on the Watchdog Morning Show at 921, 21 after the hour. We're looking at 33 degrees. We have not budged one one degree since we started this morning. That's very unusual. Usually it bumps up or down a little bit, sometimes rises or drops dramatically. Not one degree, 33 at the airport, 33 at the Highlands, 33 in Elm Grove, and 33 here at the Watchdog Radio Network studios. Mark Phillips is with uh, Catholic Charities. He's with us here this morning uh, representing the uh, social service agencies and homeless advocacy groups that are working on the uh, the homeless camp situation here in the city of Wheeling. And I've been trying for a while to get Mark to come on, and he and I have had a hard time coordinating our schedules because I really want to get the perspective of the agencies. Mark, good morning, and thank you for joining me today. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. First of all, just bring, where are we? I know that there's still, I don't know what word to use, negotiations, conversations, discussions, talks. I know that some of the agencies like yours and others are still talking to the city. Where are we in terms of those kind of talks? Sure. Our conversations right now are really about uh, working to move individuals who are in camps throughout the city to the exempted location under the bridge on 18th Street. So the city uh, really doesn't want to show up at any camps where people are still living anymore. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to have that kind of disruption again. So we're working with them so that they can clean up existing camps that ha- have been moved out of already, work on those first, and then uh, continue to work with us to try to help individuals who might be having a more difficult circumstance, say a, a mental health crisis or, or something like that, 
to do it in as compassionate a way as possible when we're working to move them to the exempt location. The exempt location is um, basically across from your facility there. It's underneath the, 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 uh, the viaduct, the bridge, I guess you say it, right? Isn't that right? Yep, underneath the uh, underneath 250, kind of when you come around the corner coming out of Wheeling, um, it's, it's sort of right underneath there. It, uh, we had been using it as a, uh, a parking lot, um, and now it will be the exempt location for the camp. So, because you, is it your property, Catholic Charities property? Because I, I remember that general location, camps had been tossed out of there a year, so I lose track of time. But at some point, because the state didn't want them there, it was state property. Yeah, you're correct. There, there are two adjacent lots. Both of them are state property. So we've been using it as a, as a parking lot as a, with a sort of handshake agreement with the state and the city. Um, but when, they, when the city proposed that as a location, um, you know, we, we agreed that, that that would work. Uh, and the state indicated to um, Bob Heron that they would not push back against using that location right now. Okay, that was my question. So the state is aware of it and is not, at the moment at least, uh, objecting to it, even though earlier in a separate part of that same location, they had asked the homeless to leave. Correct. So how many people are currently in that exempted camp, or how many do you expect to be there? And I want to make sure that people understand we're talking about an exempted camp. This is different from the so-called managed camp. We'll get to that in a minute. But in this exempted camp, how many people are there, or do you expect to be there? Uh, I drove by this morning just to see where we were. There are about seven tents there right now. Uh, we're guessing we can get 14 or 15 tents in there. Some folks will double up, so we'll probably end up somewhere around 20 individuals. And is that enough? Uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. So right, right now there, there are definitely more people than that living outside. And if, uh, if the Life Hub emergency shelter... Um, isn't able to stay open past March 15th, which has been the traditional date of, of uh, winter freeze closure, uh, it will definitely not be enough. So I'm just trying to get my background correct because I worry that sometimes you know, I read certain things and I'm, I'm not right. So help me if I'm correct about this. Um, right now, those who are homeless can go to the Life Hub for overnight accommodation. Then they leave in the morning and are either go to this camp, I guess, or out on the street. I'm, I'm sensing that what you're saying is there are some who probably are just out on the street right now. Uh, that's correct. Um, there, there are folks in different camps throughout the city. The winter freeze is always available as emergency shelter. But even if you're sleeping there at night, you don't really have anywhere to keep your stuff. Mm -hmm. So some people will maintain a camp through the winter, um, even though they may not be staying there every night because they have possessions. Some of these people are working and have work clothes or boots there uh, and need some place for, for those things to be secure. Now, Mark, I know that, that you and I, I assume that you and I know that many of the, the homeless advocacy groups are not happy with the camping ban that was imposed by the city of Wheeling, but nonetheless, it is currently an ordinance the city has on the books. They are currently not enforcing it, I think, if I understand that correctly, at least for the time being. But but part of that original ordinance was the so-called managed camp. There would be a single location under some kind of control, supervision, more regulations than just people sitting under the bridge, so to speak. 
are we anywhere near near that yet? So two things. First, um, the ordinance does not include any language about a managed camp. All it says is that the city manager can exempt certain locations from the ban. Uh, so, so no language about a managed camp made it into that final ordinance. I know that there are. Some uh, hold on, wait, wait, stop for a second, because that is oh. that's totally different than what I understand. Now, I, I haven't seen the ordinance, so I'm going to take your word for it. But I, my, I mean, the vice mayor made a, an, a recommended an amendment that include one managed camp. That did not that did not become part of the ordinance. It did not. All the ordinance indicates is that. Um, the city manager may exempt one or more locations from the ban and that those locations will have rules and regulations as set forth by the city manager. All right. Well, you're giving me a totally new perspective on what I understood then. So I, I was under the impression that the exemptions were sort of temporary uh, fixes along the way, but that a managed camp was the ultimate goal, a single location with a lot of rules and regulations. I, I shouldn't say it that way, but with a lot of guidelines for what happens there. You're telling me that's not true? The, so the exempted, the exempted camp could conceivably be there forever? Yeah, I believe that um, city officials would like to move toward a managed camp. I, I believe that's their perspective. Um, but there's no there's no language that does that right now, and, and the exemptions do not have a shape around them. So there's no timeline for the exemptions. As the ordinance exists right now, an exemption would not necessarily have to be temporary. It could last years. Okay. Um, so, well, my whole perspective on this is different. Well, let's talk about a man. Is there a need for a something more than an exempted camp? Is there a need for a managed camp, in your opinion? I think it could be really helpful um, giving an organization or a couple of organizations uh, a little bit more maybe to a little bit more structure to put something together. I think can be helpful when we think about dealing with people who are experiencing homelessness or trying to transition them into housing, there are really a number of steps that you need to get there. Um, so a managed camp can be part of a continuum of care where somebody moves from something that might be unstructured, like you said, sort of just living under the bridge, to a managed camp where they would have uh, more resources potentially available for them, but also maybe some more rules then moving to something like uh, transitional housing or permanent supportive housing. So I think it can be a, a rung and a ladder for someone to, to kind of climb out of. Um, but right now, that's not one of the options. In your mind, uh, who would, if a managed camp, I'm using that phrase, which I guess isn't in the ordinance. I thought it was, but our, our conversation is leading us this way. If a managed camp were created, who would create it and who would uh, who would supervise it, in your mind, your personal opinion? I think that it has to be a cooperation between the city and um, nonprofits. I know that the, the city is not eager to run something, but, but the city has enforcement mechanisms like the police, where if you don't really work hand-in-hand hand with nonprofits, it won't be successful. Um, by the same token, nonprofits have the uh, the expertise 
necessary to ensure that something can be effective. So if you don't have both uh, at the table and, and as a real partnership, I don't see a way that it can um, that it can go forward. I know when Bob Heron was with us here in the studio several weeks ago now, um, he he said that uh, the city was not going to be running or selecting even a managed camp location. He, he felt that was the responsibility of the social service agencies, the homeless advocacy groups, and so on. Uh, essentially, the ball is in your court for putting the whole thing together. Now, the city has said, uh, under the guidelines that the city manager, the draft guidelines that he put out, I've seen those, uh, they would provide police, you know, uh, not protection, but police uh, oversight and fire oversight and so on. But uh, my sense of the city manager's position is it's your job. Yeah, I understand that. Um, you know, we... Uh, for, for us to be responsive to an ordinance like this, uh, his desire for, to, to, to push that off onto uh, a nonprofit, I understand it. However, if there's only one managed camp and there are no additional exempt locations, things are, you know, uh, camping is totally banned elsewhere in the city, then it's putting a nonprofit like ours or like another one that would choose to operate managed camp in a situation where if you if you had to kick someone out for some sort of behavior, you'd be putting them into a situation where they could not then legally live anywhere in the city. Uh, so we would be pushing someone into wor a worse homelessness situation, which is not something that, uh, you know, as a faith-based organization, we're eager to do. Do you, do you have thoughts, and if you could want to share the specific thoughts, or at least do you have thoughts on where a managed camp could be? Is there a, is there a location that makes sense? I think that the, the location that um, the temporary exemption exists in right now uh, is a good start. Um, it has real difficulties like, uh, you know, Lachlan Chapel being nearby, other other neighborhood residents. Um, it's a um, I do think there's some public property that's, uh, you know, kind of between 20th Street and Rock Point Road where the paper factory is uh, that could be explored as an option moving forward. There would need to be some some changes there to make things work, make sure it's big enough, and that the businesses nearby um, understand and cooperate. But something that's a little farther away uh, has some advantages both for neighbors and also for individuals in these camps, so they have a little bit more of a sense of privacy. My my, I, I'm certainly know where. I, you know, this is out of my area of expertise, but my argument has always been, and I, I think what you just said makes sense, we need to find a homeless camp that's far enough away that it doesn't intrude into a neighborhood and whatever, uh, but is close enough to provide access to services. And I think that the area you were talking about makes some sense. The current camp, um, Lachlan Chapel is really unhappy with that. I, sh I mean, they've written a letter about it and elsewhere, other things. They're not, they're not real pleased with that camp right across the street from... Uh, facility that brings a lot of children in. Yeah, I, I totally understand and appreciate the perspective. Uh, their CEO has been a, a friend and supporter of ours for a long time. Her heart is definitely with people who are experiencing homelessness, but she also has a, a program to maintain and a program that does a lot of good for people who are living in poverty. Uh, so I totally understand her, her frustration. If there was an, a, a better option right now, 
we would certainly go along with it. This was the one that was presented to um, to us and other partners by the city, uh, and we were in a really desperate situation where folks' camps were literally being torn down with, and they had nowhere to go. Uh, so with this as an option, um, we, we didn't feel like we could wait on a better solution. I, I personally, on a, on a personal level, I've had some real mixed feelings about this whole situation. I get the city's concern about uh, some of the homeless population creating a problem for for the city and for in neighborhoods and and for residents and so on. I get that. I get the desire to somehow regulate that, and I I'm not fond of the idea of a ban, but I thought a ban with a managed camp might make some sense. But the question I've been asking for since at least the last couple of weeks is, what's the rush? I get that they passed the ordinance and I get that they had a start date uh, and they have they have suspended that a couple of times now. I don't understand what the hurry is to try and get folks out of their current camps and and, and enforce this ordinance until there's some other other solution in place. Yeah, we do not have um, have any idea why it had to be now. You know, doing it uh, in the middle of the winter time, um, you know, that day was a state of emergency. Uh, it just did not seem totally necessary. And the timelines that they keep creating are somewhat artificial, and they're putting people, uh, both people experiencing homelessness and organizations that are committed to, to trying to serve these folks, in a real bind where uh, you can't do things as thoughtfully or well as you would otherwise if the city had come to us six months ago and said, this is the direction we want to go. Can we work together on a plan to make it happen? Um, they chose not to do that, just to put out, put out an ordinance and then make everybody react to it. Look, the issue of homelessness um, is is far too great to solve in a single ordinance or a single discussion or conversation. Um, and I've been hearing, I've talked to a number of social service agency folks in the last couple of weeks, and they keep telling, and I, correctly so, say, well, Howard, you don't understand, this is so complicated, the whole issue is so complicated, and I agree with that. But you've got to start somewhere, don't we have to start somewhere, Mark? I mean, we're... We've, we've got to be, get a handle on this somehow that benefits the city as well as the, the unhoused population. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, there's a way to do this, which is to look at how the significant funding that's been coming down, uh, that will be coming down from counties and states uh, in the wake of these uh, drug company, pharmacy company to say the opi opioid settlements. Yeah, yeah, the opioid settlements can be used to support um, emergency shelters, transitional housing, and permanent supportive housing. Uh, that's the way to do this right. Um, we're hopeful that we can be a little bit more thoughtful about it rather than a ban, which you know, no no organization that serves individuals experiencing homelessness supports a ban like this. So we would just hope that they look for experts in the area to talk about how to create a real continuum of care that starts with uh, some managed camps, includes emergency shelter, uh, transitional housing, and permanent supportive housing. It, it takes some time, and it's not cheap, 
But if you're going to do it the right way, that's that's what you need to do. And ultimately, we need to be looking at lifestyle transition, convincing people that going from being unhoused to the housed makes some sense. I mean, that's a uh, it's not an easy thing to do, from my understanding, but that's somewhere. Well, yeah, agreed. And it's not easy right now for people to see those pathways um, because you need something that will really work. Right now, uh, if we're going to build a ladder out of homelessness, right, many people can't even reach the first rung. And uh, to continue to put more barriers in place is not going to be effective. My my language has been essentially right now what we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on the problem, and maybe it needs Band-Aid, I'm not arguing with that, but we're not really looking at ultimate solutions here. None of the, none of the conversations we're having publicly, at least, about camps and about regulations and, and all that, none of that's leading to an ultimate solution to the homeless. And at some point, that's what we've got to address. Yeah, that's correct. And, uh, you know, there, there are organizations like Catholic Charities who've been serving homeless individuals in Wheeling for 50 years, and we would just, just hope moving forward that the city leans on uh, expertise of organizations like ours before taking additional steps. Mark, I know I've got to let you go, but uh, just a quick question. Uh, the camp that's there now, the, the um, exempted camp, uh, on your parking lot property across from your facility there. Uh, are, are, is there any kind of, it's not a managed camp, I know, but any kind of regulations or controls, anybody kind of overseeing what goes on there? I mean, or is it just bring your tent and set up shop? So we're working, you know, we, we work with people who are experiencing homelessness every day. And uh, these folks are coming into the neighborhood center for meals. Uh, so we have a relationship with people. So we can generally talk with them and give them an idea about what we think is uh, helpful and not helpful. And right now, because of the ban, this is the place that they have available for them. So we encourage people to uh, you know, try to abide by community standards where they're staying free of crime, uh, no open fires, uh, any kind of uh, uh, criminal activity, like just keeping things as quiet as possible, because if they lose this location, I'm not sure what the option is. But we don't really have an enforcement mechanism. All we can do is try to indicate to folks that they have to do the best that they can to keep things clean and safe there uh, so that the city continues to exempt that location until we have a better solution. Mark, I appreciate your time this morning, and I want to continue this conversation with you and some of the other providers. Um, you, you've given me a little different perspective on some of this stuff, and I need to, I need to go away and think about it a little bit. But uh, I appreciate your coming uh, on this morning and talking about this, and uh, let's, keep, uh, let's keep the conversation going if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate your time and attention to this. It's, it's, not, an easy, uh, it's not an easy thing, and a lot of people just make a snap decision and then choose to go one direction. But I, I appreciate your engagement with it. Uh, I think all, parties on uh, all sides really want to find a way to be as helpful as possible to these residents of Wheeling. Um, but, it's, but it's a tough one. So I appreciate how thoughtful you've been about this issue, Howard. All right. We'll talk again. Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it very much. Take care. Mark Phillips is with the Catholic Charities. So I got to... I am thoroughly confused now, Bob. I was under the, uh, the impression that the ordinance itself said there would be creation of a managed camp. I know that it didn't give any details about it, where it would be, what that meant, but I thought that that was part of the ordinance. Mark is saying no. 
I guess which means I'm going to have to go back and actually track down the ordinance and read it. Maybe it's time to get Bob Heron back in here again to get that perspective as well. There's, there's just too much... Too many differing points of view that don't seem to be jiving with me. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Still a lot of confusion there. And I know city uh, city limits has its uh, has its rules and regulations, but a place where they could have a campfire to me would go a long way because it's it's a difference between night and day. They can stay warm that way. Yeah, there has to be some sense of humanity, and that's some some kind of personal space. Attempt. But you can't have a fire underneath the uh, the extension. Well, that's for that's, sure. That's I, I'm amazed that uh, that the um, uh, Mark says that the, the Department of Highways said this was okay because before they said no. Well, the main thing is the fire. As long as you don't have a fire, I, I don't think they can hurt it that much, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I, 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 gotta, I clearly need to do a lot more research on this. This is a complicated issue. Uh, it is 945, quarter till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good morning, I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for this Monday, January 29. 58-year-old Bob Daly could face murder charges after being arrested in connection to a fatal assault in Guernsey County. According to the Sheriff's Office, deputies were called to a house in Byesville after 10 p.m. on January 20th. Police received reports that a man physically assaulted an elderly man. When authorities arrived, they found a 73-year-old man had been beaten. And on Thursday, the victim died as a result of his injuries. Daly is scheduled to have a preliminary hearing this Friday. And members from the National Weather Service Pittsburgh office made a trip down to Wheeling and talked to the Storm Tracker 7 weather team. The NWS encourages anyone with an interest in public service to join their Skywarn spotter program. Spotters are often considered the first line of defense against impactful weather. Participants can expect to learn everything from the basics of identifying storms and severe weather to reporting that information to the agency. And we are one third of the way through the West Virginia legislative session. Today is the final day for lawmakers to introduce any legislative rulemaking review bills. Yesterday, the Senate voted on a bill that would get rid of many park fees and charges for our military veterans. Over in the House, delegates voted on a bill that could help drivers and construction workers alike. If a highway is going to be closed, signs need to go up 30 days in advance to warn the public. Meanwhile, beginning today through Wednesday, a section of Cherry Hill Road will be temporarily closed from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day for culvert replacement work, while emergency vehicles and school buses will be granted access. Other commuters are advised to seek alternate routes. The suggested alternate routes include Table Rock Road, GC and P Road, West Virginia 88, and US 40. That was a look at your 7 News headlines for this Monday, January 29th. I'm Rebecca Little. Have a marvelous Monday, Ohio Valley. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like 
is a Monday morning, and it's almost over for us. Uh, and then, you know what comes next? Hoppy Kerchival. No. Food. What? Oh, yeah. Well, food, food for us. Hoppy for Kerchival for everybody else here on the on the Watchdog. Uh, we talked earlier this morning about uh, the Wheeling Council and, and mayor candidates. There are four candidates that were filed as of the weekend, uh, the three that we knew about, Denny Magruder, uh, Rosemary Ketchum and uh, Chad Thalman. Uh, also this weekend, Carl Carpenter, whom I do not know, but I'm sure I will get to know, uh, filed for the mayor's race. And I told you I heard from several people that one more person was going to file, apparently had mailed in their application. I'm not going to use this name only because I want to double check it, but apparently, as I expected, one more name is in there. So that's a five-person race for the mayor. That makes a big difference. Three... I've tried to analyze those three for you all before, but five in that race now can be very different. I don't know the two new ones, so i got to figure out how that's all going to work out. And then, of course, every single council seat is up for grabs, and every single council seat is contested. So it's going to be a really interesting race. Uh, and I will – no offense to the person who sent it to me. I just want to double-check the filing to make sure it's right. But uh, I, I had heard – and this is actually – who I had heard was likely to file. So I believe that to be true. But I just don't want to say it until I check the filings myself. But there are five now in the race for mayor. That's going to be whew, a doozy. It's getting crowded, Howard. It is getting crowded indeed. Uh, Bob Westfall coming up next here from the uh, WTF-TV7 newsroom. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. Hello, West Virginia. This is Congressman Alex Mooney. West Virginia spending should reflect West Virginia values. That's why I always work to be your conservative fiscal watchdog in Washington, voting against tax increases and cutting government spending, all while looking after our hardworking families. Liberals continue to harm middle and working class Americans with rampant inflation all the while going around Congress to send our tax dollars overseas. I will continue to do everything in my power to rein in this White House's policies and keep the power in the hands of the people where it belongs. I'm Congressman Alex Mooney. If you have questions about how your tax dollars are being spent, I want to hear from you. Call my local office at 304-264-8810 or visit my website at mooney.house.gov. Paid for with official funds from the office of Alex Mooney. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. 
that I'd be missing you so come Monday it'll be alright come Monday Rolling into the home stretch of the Monday morning show here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Listen, I just want to make it clear because I listened to that commercial for Alex Mooney. He called himself the Watchdog. He's no Watchdog. He ain't no Watchdog with us. I would tell you that right now. He, he's the fiscal Watchdog. I don't know what that means, but just be let me be clear. He's not part of the Watchdog Radio Network. That's uh, that's for sure. I tell you who is part of the Watchdog Radio Network. Bob Westfall from the Big Seven WTRF TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How was your weekend? Uh, you know, I didn't do much. It was kind of quiet. Didn't even really have any special meals or anything. Just you know, just kind of a very quiet say. weekend. Yeah. You didn't go out to eat anywhere. Or? Yeah, we went to the uh, Stratford breakfast, uh, the Sunday oh, brunch okay. yesterday no, at Stratford, yeah, which okay. was kind of nice. Um, <laughs> but um, did, we didn't get out. I, you know, I'd, well, I'll tell you why. My uh, grandson, that usually occupies my time. Spent time with his dad all weekend long because his mom was out of town. So his dad, he and dad did, you know, mommy, uh, daddy and the son things. So I didn't, yeah. usually I spent some time with him. So I just, I did two things all weekend, Mark. I slept and I just, and I just nibbled around the house. That was it. How about you? How was your weekend? I did my taxes. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, I guess that's, about it. I'm about ready to start doing that too. Got to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's happening today? All right. Got a few things going on today. Biggest thing today will be later this afternoon. Uh, PSC will be in Payton City uh, for a hearing uh, dealing with their water issues down there. The uh, way it's going to work is uh, there's going to be a, a, evidentiary hear, evident, a hearing at 1.30 to present evidence at the municipal building. And then at 5.30 at the same building, uh, they will be taking public comments. As you know, they've been dealing with water issues in Payton City for some time. Um, so... Uh, uh, the state is going to step in, take a look, see if there's anything they can do. So that is today. Uh, the first hearing is at 1.30, then public comment is at 5.30. Um, so that's the big story that we're working on today. Jake McGoffey is going to be down there today uh, covering that for us. Uh, other thing is is the weather. Uh, some flooding over the weekend. Uh, we had some video in on that. Uh, not so much now. It looks like things are kind of calming down. Uh, looking at our weather forecast, looks like we may actually get some sunshine late Friday. Uh, I won't know what to do with myself because I don't know that we've seen that one in a couple weeks. <laughs> so uh, Adam, Adam's upstairs. Zach and Tyler have been working on that weather all week, so we'll be watching that. Uh, might get up to like 45 by Thursday, so we've got that you know. So today, what we've got working on is a High County Schools uh, huge robotics event coming up uh, this week. Uh, we went up, check it out. Um, it's uh, it's called the Vex Robotics Signature Event. It's uh, in the state of West Virginia. It's uh, it's the only one around. Uh, Seventy-four high school teams and sixty-five middle school teams, and the winner gets to go to the World Championships in Dallas. So, uh, uh, kind of really excited for our local teams uh, uh, here. Uh, Annalise Murphy was up there this morning, so we're going to take a look at that. Um, Wheeling Park, know, Wheeling Park High School has a pretty good robotics team. I'm not sure what a robotics team is, but I know I've been seeing some reporting about that. They have a pretty good team. Build robots, dude. Well, I guess. Thank you, thank you, Bob. Robotics. I appreciate. <laughs> I thought maybe they pretended they were robots. I don't know. No. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, 
So that's uh, that's that's interesting. Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I've got all day. I'm not doing anything. Well, I don't. Uh, I've got four minutes, uh, and I'm going to go eat. Oh, there's a surprise. Uh, other thing is, pretty cool thing out there now, um, I myself use a CPAP to sleep, uh, but now there's an implant that uh, can be put into your body, um, and we're going to explain exactly what that is. Um, I've, been, I've been told it's something similar to like a, a pacemaker for your heart, but it's a, a more for the um, diaphragm. Yeah. to keep you breathing at night. So we're going to find out exactly what that is, and I'll talk to a local doctor and uh, people who do that. Uh, so we've got that. I, that sounds like Howard could use one of those. No, that's, you know, I, I, I hate the CPAP machine. I hate it. Yep. Uh, and I, I have one, but I, I don't use it as often as I should, and I know that's wrong But because uh, I, I would look for any other kind of alternative. So I will be paying close attention to that. Yeah, we will have that tonight. DK will be covering that story. So we've got that going on today. And uh, those are the big things today, guys. All right. Sounds good. People can check everything out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530 for the region-wide show. Always at WTRF.com. And carry the Storm Tracker 7 app and the news app in your pocket on your smartphone or your tablet. And I guess we have to kind of keep an eye out to see what's going to happen with flooding. I don't think we have any official watches or warnings um, but, boy, I'll tell you, over the weekend, the creeks and streams that I saw were running yep. very close to the banks. I guess if we don't get too much more rain, it won't be too bad. But everybody should be keeping an eye on those things, I think. Absolutely. And I know you will. You guys will. So people can keep an eye on you and on your website to follow all that stuff. Absolutely. All right, sir. Appreciate it. Have yourself a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Talk to you tomorrow, guys. Bob Westfall from the Big 7. I am looking at, thanks to Mark Phillips, by the way, who sent me a copy of the camping ordinance now this says introduced october 17th and i didn't think it was passed until november but at any rate um he's right there's no mention here of of uh, managed camps i thought that was part of the deal was you would we were going to have camping banned but a single managed camp would be created now as mark points out exemptions for approved camping locations by the city manager are possible he can exempt any area to provide a camp, um, but the so-called managed camp concept is not in here. That, that is, that's totally new information to me. I, I, again, I, this is my own stupidity. I relied on the various and sundry uh, reports that I've seen and conversations that I've had. I didn't go and look at the actual ordinance. So I have been wrong on this. Um, and I would think that Chad Dahlman, who introduced the managed camp idea, would be a little distressed as well. Shouldn't that have been part of the ordinance? He made an amendment for it. We'll have to follow this up and talk some more about this uh, tomorrow. Uh, also tomorrow, we're going to talk to the uh, producer of a documentary, Bob, going on Frontline on public television called Democracy on Trial. You can guess what that's all about. He'll be with us first thing in the morning tomorrow to talk about that documentary debuting tomorrow on PBS. And, uh, of course, the Tuesday, so Tom Scuteri will be here as well. All of that coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Mr. Slaughter, have yourself a great day. You too, Howard. See you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze. And I just want you back.